And I'm Allie. And it's About Time for True Crime. Hey. Hey. How are you? How are you guys doing? How's your week going? Um, Welcome to Christmas week, Hanukkah week, pod pod. I know. This is just a couple days after Christmas. If you celebrate, we're in that little lull, that little yeah. limbo week between Christmas and New Year's and all I that shiz. love the memes that go around this one week of the year. Every year, it's this one week. It's like a woman literally just like moving around a little notes box on her computer and like taping <laughs> the J and the F and it's like trying to find something to do between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, because even if you're in the office, so many people aren't that you yeah. can't get a whole lot done and it's either crazy busy or absolutely silent. And I feel bad for the people where it's absolutely insanity because that to me that just screams like retail people trying to exchange things they didn't want and I'm mm-hmm. like, give it a week. It'll, they'll still be able to exchange it in a week. Please wait. Um, Tyler from down the street, he's overwhelmed. He's got math homework. Let him be. Seriously. <laughs> leave him alone. Okay. This is Tyler's first job at Target, working part-time, and he's got a trig test tomorrow. So I'm sorry he cannot help you with this exchange right now. And you don't need to be rude to him. Okay? No. He's trying his best. He's still learning. Yeah. And he's one of the few that's actually out there working and doing the damn thing. All right. He doesn't want to be there. Stop calling him brace face. He knows. Seriously. That's so rude. (laughs) Like he's going to do your transaction any faster. You asshole. Yeah. He's going to take extra time now and spit in whatever you I was going to say and sneeze on it. Oh, just for fun. Babe. Whatever. He's going to get some on it. Yeah. And it's going to smell like teenage boy. So enough. That's on you. It is. Anyway, moving on. I do love this time of year, though. I do. It's like a good lull. I'm really excited. And I'll be home. I know. Getting your hair blonde. Right, I Daisy? <laughs> right, Daisy? Thank you, right? Daisy. Yeah. Uh, we will see Daisy, but we'll see what she does. I will tell her that you'll give her a 10, though. If, okay. If she does a blonde. There's a tenna in it for A tenna in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I am excited for the new year. So very excited for the new year. The pod has a couple of resolutions. I have a few resolutions. Yes. Ideally, they're just called goals. Uh, Correct. I think the idea of making a resolution on January 1st is like, it's fun. But I don't know. Just make a goal you want to do. Well, what do they say? It's like 80% of New Year's resolutions are done by February. Yeah, given up on by February. Like you didn't complete it. You're not working on it anymore you've rid yourself of that and i think that's because we choose goals that are so ridiculous yeah well that and we also have no way to track it so it's like okay i want to be a billionaire by now like in 2023 and then it's july and i'm like oh i haven't saved any money i wonder why i'm feeling so defeated that i'm not a billionaire yet well it's like maybe if you practice saving 50 bucks a week that would be better so exactly yeah, I, just little things we can do, right? Little things, little intentions, um, goals that you can build on that have that are measurable and have a timeline. There you go. That's all. Smart goals. Smart goals. Specific. Got it. Got to be intentional with that. Mm-hmm. Measurable. So we were on that. Um, the A was not attainable, but it is achievable, which to me okay, is the same that's thing. That's the same. Uh, relevant. Fair. Which, duh. But yeah. okay. Um. <laughs> And then time-based, yes. which I was going to say time-sensitive, so sure. 
Yeah. You have to be able to track it with due dates for your goals. There you go. Yeah. I don't want to lose 50 pounds. I want to lose five pounds a month for 10 months. Yeah. I want that. (laughs) I really want that. (laughs) I was just throwing that out there. That is not my goal. Um, but I could, I could use a little more Uh, loving. However, but I think like just practicing being like, I'm going to make an effort to be more healthy this year. Yeah. A lot more. So for me, doable than I want to lose X amount of pounds. I also think that this entire culture is like diet culture, but that's not the point. Um, this year, on my actual list of resolutions does include every day making time for something for my physical health, for my mental health and for fun, because I don't do anything for fun. I mean, this is fun, but I don't do it for fun. I do it because we love to do it. And that's the thing. Like, this is our project. But like, right. I never just sit down and I'm like, you know, what would be fun this and then just randomly do that thing well, right and it's fun to do but this isn't every single day that we're sitting here and recording or researching right. i mean does it take up a part of our day every day yeah yeah usually but if you want to do something like fun for you maybe try like playing a game like with i don't know right cousins that are far away or something like over zoom or doing something like yeah a new game on your phone i don't know even small like uh, I really want to learn how to do latte art. I know that's dumb, but I really do. I, I really want to learn how to do doing it. That. So stuff like that, where it can be something little and fun that I can just look forward to it every you day. Can where teach I'm me like, how to make that scarf that we talked about. Yeah. I'd love to learn how to make um, things myself. Anyway. So yeah, I have a few goals this year, but they're all stuff like that. Like I don't, it's never a new year, new me. It's always going to be the same you. It's just whatever you decide to do with it, you know? I think every year just trying to be a better person. Yeah. Right? Like, be more intentional with your thoughts because those become mm-hmm. your words and your words become your actions. All that and bullshit. your actions but become your destiny at middle school posters. I say des- No, your actions become your character and your character becomes your destiny, damn That's it. right. Sorry. <laughs> I read that me. over and over and I over know. and over again. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, just little things, you know, like that because I don't want this to be my destiny. Um, but... <laughs> I want to be more healthy. Like, I need to practice. I need to make more of my day-to-day focused on that. Not losing weight, not gaining whatever this, that, and the other thing. Just making healthier choices. I got to think of it as, like, fuel and yeah, being best prepared for life. Yes. I have been looking specifically this week because i've been eating out a lot and i'm like oh baby <laughs> it's i think it's a time of year it. like you get together with people for yeah. christmas and things like that and you're gonna go out and you're gonna do whatever and then you go home and visit people and all the friends that you haven't seen since like high school that have to see you and you're like love you so much but my god i'm home for eight days there's only so Piped much down. yeah I, I can't do 18 bread bowls in a week i can i mean dare me but no but i shouldn't correct the bloat it'll get me it'll kill me well because there's i don't know gluten well that too so (laughs) i will not only vomit on them but then i will be a bloated little like i see myself rolling away from there the way that violet does in charlie and the chocolate factory i love that Mm -hmm. someone's just like rolling me back home oh rolling me up the ramp to the flight Perfect. Just putting me down the middle because I can't fit anywhere. <laughs> um, well, another goal of mine yeah. is to read more. I love that. I love reading. 
it's like one of my favorite things I can do for myself. I am reading a great book right now. What is it? It's called I Kissed Shara Wheeler by Casey McQuiston. I have a really weird range in books that I like. Okay, because I do not. So tell me. I like some nonfiction, but mostly I like fluffer books, like just books to read that I'm like, oh, that's a fun story. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey McQuiston has some of the best books that I've ever read. She's Ooh. got three out right now that I know of. And I Kissed Shara Wheeler is the most recent one. And it's about this like... High school girl, I think she's a senior at this, like, preppy, private Christian academy. She is not Christian. Her mom, well, she has two moms, and they moved from L.A. back to, like, a small town, Alabama or something. But the most popular girl in school kissed three very random people on one night and then disappeared. And she's left them, like, little notes all throughout, like, everywhere that they would interact. So, like, the school and lockers and, like... They had to break into the principal's office to find one. So she's not dead? No. Okay. Just disappeared. Because those are the books that I read. So I'm like, oh, okay, it's different. <laughs> it's like Gone Girl, but she's okay with people knowing she's alive. Like, <laughs> 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 But it's really good because it'll be like, P.S. And then a random string of letters and numbers. And they're like, what? And then they'll find the email. And then that's the password to the email. So it's like a very fun little. Yeah, like leaving little like pieces behind yeah scavenger yeah that's what i was looking for but i was getting there i was thinking puzzle but yeah yeah same thing so very good very fun very delightful and also if you grew up at all in the bible belt it will make you laugh (laughs) (laughs) it's good uh and also casey mcquiston does a lot of like queer writing so the first book of hers i read was one last stop and that one's very good um it's about a girl who falls in love with a ghost Okay. Very good. The next one was Red, White, and Royal Blue. I saw I saw that, I think, yes. at Target. <laughs> yes. And then this one is Ike Shara Wheeler. So, very good. My friend Seth and I love them. Okay. So. Love oh, that. Oh, and the best part, she makes little Spotify playlists for all of her characters. Shut up. Are you serious? That's yes. adorable. So, you can, like, listen to them when you're reading. If you can do that, I can't. I'm way too scatterbrained. But if you, you want to just like, I don't think so. Immerse yourself further into it. So fun. Oh, that's awesome. I also, on a similar note, but very different, Borelli Pasta does have Spotify playlists for what? each of their pastas. And it goes as long as you're supposed to cook the pasta. You are kidding me. No. Why are you just telling me this now? I just learned this pretty recently. Oh. My good God. Right? Well, now I know what I will be doing this weekend. <laughs> Looking up pasta Spotify. Yes. <laughs> Not making all of it, of course, but maybe one. Or maybe all um, of it. Why limit yourself? My mm. taste in books is, like you mentioned, Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the author of that, it's either Jillian or Gillian Flynn. I've heard it pronounced both ways. I'm not sure what's correct. Right. But... Her books, I think she's written three. She might have come up with a fourth now. So there's Gone Girl, mm-hmm. there's Sharp Objects, and there's, I think it's Dark Places or Dark Spaces. Ooh. I've read them all. Love them all. Okay. If you like Gone Girl and you like that sort of like twist that really yeah. like turns everything on its head. Ideal. And then makes everything make sense in the most interesting and creative way. Ooh. That's how she does it. Okay. I'll she's, look into that. She's an excellent writer. It's always from a the, at least the two others are like from a female perspective sometimes mm-hmm. it'll like switch perspectives kind of like how gone girl did when it kind of yeah. went back and forth between her and nick i think it was mm-hmm. um 
but I really like her books. I really like just not like I really don't like nonfiction. I have found that there's only very specific nonfiction and literally it's like true crime and that's pretty much it. Like I like some history stuff, but really if I'm going to like I like my podcast to pretty much be nonfiction like I want it to be based on true stories and true everything and I like history podcasts and true crime podcasts and things like that so I like to listen to those things when I'm reading something I'd like it to be a little bit more I don't know just a step back out of reality I don't know I don't know if that makes sense no I get it and that's why I like the fluff books like I really like whimsical fantasy not Mm sci-fi I I had a philosophy professor who knew I liked to read and he gave me a book. He was like, I think you'll like this. Let me know. It was true crime. Check. Great. But it was sci-fi with robot cops. And I I don't know if it's a limited imagination. I don't know if couldn't get I, <laughs> I couldn't see it happening. So I couldn't get into it. I was like, this makes no sense. None of this technology is real. None of it exists. How does this happen on a widespread scale? Do people like it? I don't know. I know <laughs> nothing. And so... <laughs> I couldn't get back to it. Well, he did that three years ago and I still have the book and I can't bring myself to give it to him because every time he sees me, he asks me how I like it and I just don't have the you think heart. you're still reading it? Yeah. <laughs> I must think I'm really dumb. Uh, but I just, I can't, I can't look him in the eye and be like, I hate this book that you went out of your way to give me because you thought I'd like, I'm sorry. My professor, so she was a professor in, when I was in school, mm-hmm. turned mentor turned friend uh yes yes and her name's kate i won't share any other information about her um but she's very near and dear to my heart and i love her very much and she gave me a book from it was like i was in her office for something talking about something and just like took a book off the shelf and gave it to me and it was one flew over the cuckoo's nest uh-huh. um and i read like the first chapter or so and i haven't <laughs> it up again i know exactly where it is it's with yep. me it's made the move several moves um Same. and i'm pretty sure she anticipated me giving it back and i just still have it so kate if you're listening hi i love you i really will read it <laughs> um but cannot say the same to joshua sorry sir <laughs> but kate is she grew in to be a friend so now i probably have a lot of other of her shit that i should probably give back before that but she's so cute i hey, know kate. we adore her and her baby what we won't say any more more information about your life but just know that i love you and yeah that's it yeah um okay we should tell them about what tonight tonight so tonight we had dinner with my parents mm-hmm. they met my wife i um, met my in-laws yes which she knows but it was just nice to like all have and my fiance was there and my parents and we just had a very mm-hmm. nice lovely meal because nancy can cook okay. oh nancy can cook real good um so we love her and then she surprised us mm-hmm. with like some early little christmas gifts which were very sweet yeah so she got us these blankets oh my gosh they're so soft that they're are literally literal butter this like think of like a baby's ass and then <laughs> and like then softer. exfoliate it and then slap like all of the cocoa butter you that's, have on it like such a bad image and awful <laughs> and we'll need to take that out but <laughs> It is truly just the softest blanket and it's a good size too. Yeah. And so I guess my mom's friend, her name is Lisa, told my mom about this like little company. I think, I don't know if she knows or whatever, but I want to give her a little shout out because the blankets say like, this is my true crime watching 
blanket and it's yes it's very so cute. cute and again oh so soft cannot stress enough i will be buried in that i tonight. will be walking around like with that over my head we got the them and that future. was the first thing i did nancy uh, yeah. has a photo of me it will probably be my id photo of just <laughs> the blanket on my head like this is it then that's it that's all I'm you happy. need um so if you want to get yourself one Hell yeah. The little shop is called Crafty Girls. Ooh. And I don't know. I just thought that was cool. I love that. Yeah. So Crafty Girls, I think you can find them on Facebook. You can also probably find them from a quick Google search. Yes. You can find them on Facebook. And I think they're out of Andover, Mass. Nice. Okay. So yeah. you should be able to. So if you're local New England, I mean, it shouldn't be too far. Yeah. Love it. So now that we are like fully 15 minutes into the episode. Yeah. Do you guys like want to hear the case or were you just wanting to hang out or did you skip through everything we just said anyway? Well, hey, if you did. Well, hey, welcome welcome back. Stop it. Babe. Fuck. All right. (laughs) Why don't you just tell me what we're talking about today? Okay. So today's is not going to be super long, which kind of makes me okay with our long intro. Oh, okay. But it's only not going to be super long because there's a guaranteed part two sometime in the future it is not done yet so i can't give you the full update i like it so i'll set the scene i'll share what i know that we know okay and then what you know that i know that we should know yes because you know you know that i know what we know okay okay (laughs) and we know that okay i wanted to talk about alec baldwin Ooh. yeah Ooh. yeah okay so Ten years ago, I mean, if you heard the name Alec Baldwin, you might have associated him with, like, 30 Rock, SNL, maybe that time that he was an asshole and didn't get off his phone while they were on the plane. Yeah. Yeah. The voicemail he left for his daughter. Yikes. Yowza. Not the best one to hear after the fact, Alec, Mm. but. Did you ever watch the roast of Alec Baldwin? No. Highly recommended. I just love watching roasts. Yes, roasts um, are good, especially when the person knows what they're in for and they've yes. like not heard about you it. You can't go you can't go on that and expect them not to just absolutely tear you apart. Yeah. But it's supposed to be an honor that yeah. you've made it to the point where, where someone so, can totally Yeah, and where so many people <laughs> have so much but whatever. Um that's a good one if you okay. want to um check that out. I will happily because I like Alec Baldwin. I actually think he's very funny. When I see him in things, I tend to like him. I don't know if you think he's notably more or less attractive than his brother. <laughs> Personally, neither are my type. But uh, I don't know. I think the Baldwins have decent genes, I'll be honest. They do. Oh, they do. Especially young. Adorable. But um, say lovey. We're at where mm. we're at now. And yeah. that's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> he looks mean angry. I'll say that. Yes. But while I've never met the man, shocker, uh, I, I have to you say, were friends. Okay. <laughs> I know besties, I have to say that his acting, at least if nothing else has gotten him very far. Like he's been in a bunch of different genres. Oh, I think he's a things. great actor. Yeah. yeah. He does the whole thing. And he's been in comedy and serious films, genres of all time, mm-hmm. all time of all kinds. Mm. So. Today, if you Google Alec Baldwin, though, you'll almost inevitably see Alec Baldwin searched alongside the word or movie title, if you were excited about it, Rust. Yes. On the set of Rust, Alec Baldwin was ultimately the man who pulled the trigger on a gun that ended up killing a woman and wounding a man. So we're going to talk about it. Wow, I didn't know you were going like 
recent recent yeah i said you want recent okay i got you (laughs) (laughs) hold my beer yes so all of this actually took place in october of 2021 this was very recent so i can give you the facts that i have i did read through not all of but i did scan most of the 551 released page uh case report that the police put out oh fuck me that's a lot of pages it's a lot of pages and to be fair i did skip over literally every piece of evidence and just read all the case reports so it wasn't as many as it seems but Mm -hmm. it it was a hefty report even if it's a third though that's a lot (laughs) yeah so alec baldwin was born on april 3rd 1958 Mm -hmm. according to wikipedia he has been active in his career since 1980 he has been married twice and participates heavily in philanthropy, including, by the way, raising awareness and funds for cancer research, which is a charity that he owns himself. He also has the Baldwin charity, which he was donating like literal millions to every year. I think the last year he did just under 15 million, and that's because taxes came out. And... He also gives back to local theaters and libraries, and he just, like, gives back to people, which is nice. Hmm. Can I speak to his personal character? No, but it seems like he likes philanthropy, so good Honestly, for him. yeah, he sounds like an asshole, but... Yeah, he's... Other than the... Other than owning charities and giving money sure. away, so... I mean, evil people can do that. I'm yeah, not saying he's evil, easy. but... So that's Alec Baldwin, uh, as we know him today, whether he's in 30 Rock on SNL giving away his money or yelling at people on an airplane Mm. the highs the lows all of it that being said alec baldwin's niece Haley baldwin stunning seriously (laughs) yeah oh my gosh justin bieber really locked down a good one well at least two but anyway um (laughs) not the point so we're gonna talk about the incident are you ready i'm ready okay According to the 551-page police report, so sorry. It was an extra page. On October 21st, 2021, deputies were dispatched to 545 Bonanza Creek Road in Santa Fe, New Mexico. In a supplemental case report by another reporting deputy, it was described that during a scene for the movie Rust, one of the victims, Joel Souza, the director, said that he thought he remembered someone saying the guns were cold or unloaded. Another supplemental report stated that Alec came up to the investigator immediately upon arrival and said he had to speak with him as he was the one who fired the prop. The deputy made sure that Alec was handled with care and another deputy handled his transportation to the station for his interview. Mm -hmm. And then they got to securing the scene. Okay. So this is what people walk in on. There's a woman down. There's a man who's shot and hurt. The man who's shot and hurt is Joel Souza, who is the director of the film. Okay. He is still alive. That being said, the woman who was killed was Helena Hutchins. I believe that's how you say it. It's beautiful. It's H-A-L-Y-N-A. So I'm assuming Helena. Yeah. But I haven't seen that spelling before, and I thought that was cute, too. It's very pretty. So she had been shot through the chest and was rushed to New Mexico, Southern New Mexico hospital, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. And she ended up being pronounced dead there. Oh, that's terrible. But fully was helicoptered like 
had a chance did like, not make it okay like they yeah. med flighted her over yeah okay. and joel was seen but he didn't have as significant of a wound so essentially helena's bullet wound went in through right around her armpit and out her lung which is really oh that's damaging yeah that was the part i think that was horrendous yeah fatal and we're gonna talk about what happened and again all of this is from the police report i do have other sources they will all be cited in the show notes as per usual but pretty much everything came from the actual police report itself or the New York Times, CNN, ABC News, BBC, Fox News, and NPR. All right. So all pretty reputable sources. We're going to talk. So Detective Joe Cano was the first man on the scene. Mm-hmm. First, he learned that the revolver had been handed to Alec Baldwin, and it was a prop gun that he shot during their scene. So I learned a lot about how prop guns work. Fun fact, yeah. they're not fake guns. They're real guns. The prop part is the bullets. Yeah. So they're able to do that so that when they show you the movies, you don't see the little cartoon line on the styrofoam gum gun. But also so that when they do close ups, you can see bullets in there. There's all sorts of prop bullets, which is actually really fascinating. I didn't know anything about it. So some sense. of them are just cosmetic. So that way, when you shoot like a close up scene of a gun, you'll see the casing in it. It looks real. You can tell that it's a loaded gun. Obviously, it's just a cosmetic bullet. Hmm. Then there are what do they call them? Dummy bullets, which are kind of like BB, like they have BB powder in them. And they'll just put like a black poof out in the air when you Mm -hmm. shoot it to look like the bullets coming out of the gun. But obviously nothing is. Makes sense. And in this case, we had a real bullet. Yes. And so it was quite the spectacle. Apparently, what had happened was everybody had break for lunch around 1230. Everybody comes back and they're practicing their scenes. They're not filming yet. So they're kind of doing like a raw run through. I don't even know if people are fully in costume. People aren't even... Can you I'm guys so hear my sorry. cat? She's so cute. Hi, I can't. Mia. Hi, baby. I love you. Hi. Oh. Yeah. I really hope you guys can hear this. This is making my night. Hi. Hi. So, Detective Joe Cano found that that revolver had been handed to Alec Baldwin. And when I learned about what happened and essentially how. Helena was able to be shot the way she was. It was because they weren't filming. So they weren't staged right. Like people have stage directions where you're supposed to go in the shot and all of that. So obviously nobody's standing where they're supposed to be. So after lunch, Alec and everybody gets ready for the scene. Alec gets handed the gun. We don't know by who yet. Okay. He delivers his line. In the shot, he's supposed to dramatically pull out the gun and then shoot that's what he does but he shoots a real bullet oh god which is fucking traumatizing for alec baldwin like regardless of what happened he did not intend to shoot and kill somebody because even if he did first of all he knew how to aim he had to be taught that Mm -hmm. and he was not shooting to kill like through the armpit is not a fatal shot so to me that says absolutely not intending to kill somebody you know Yeah, that's terrifying. Terrifying. And I think for me, 
the biggest reason that I could not be an actor with firearms on set because I'd be like, is this, are we sure? Are we sure that it's not, lo- is it really, is it empty? Can it be empty? Can you show me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like they'd have to learn how to check it. And like, like, I mean, there's firearm like day, like just a day or a few hours of courses you can do to like do all of that to just make sure like you're going to be handling it regardless. Yeah. Be aware of the machinery that you're handling. You have you a need to fatal be able, instrument in your hands. You need to have respect for what that can do. Well, and they did have an armor, like an yeah, armorer. Of course they would. So someone there was trained, knew how to handle guns. Obviously, they didn't see it. Well, obviously, they didn't do their job right. So we're going to talk about that. So during the interviews and all of this, our detective Joe, Joel Cano found a few people of interest. First, obviously, Alec Baldwin, the man that shot the gun. Correct. Second, Hannah Gutierrez. Gutierrez? G-U-T-I-E-R-R-E-Z. She was the armorer. So she was the one that was supposed to be responsible for the handling of the firearms Mm -hmm. and all of that. Then we also see Sarah Zachary, who is the props master. Okay. I was going to say there's going to be like a props director too. Yes. And Sarah's assistant, Nicole, who I didn't include her last name because she's literally just an assistant. and Probably didn't have a role in this at all. Yes. Okay. So. First, the police interviewed Sarah Zachary. She was the props master. Sarah said in her interview that she was hired to handle all of the props, including being tasked with obtaining the guns. But she was not tasked with handling them or dealing with any of the ammo. So she got them to Mm -hmm. be like the period piece or whatever it is to look accurate. Sure. And then basically handed them right off to Hannah, who was supposed to deal with all of the bullets, all of the loading, the daily loading, the unloading making sure they're safe, getting them handed to people correctly, the whole nine. Okay. So Hannah was the individual tasked with the handling and loading and all of that. So Sarah explains the dummy rounds, though, because she has to deal with all of the prop things she understands. So Sarah did explain what the dummy rounds were. Essentially, the dummy rounds, unlike the cosmetic rounds, were the ones that would give out the little of black air or soot or whatever the BB powder is. And when they would put these rounds into the gun, obviously not only would it add the weight to make it look more real Mm -hmm. and full, which, by the way, the thing that bothers me the most in movies is when they give actors like coffee cups and they don't fill them with anything. It's so obvious. Like they're just throwing them around. They're like floating in the air. And then when they set them down, there's just no weight to it. I'm like, do you think I'm stupid? Do you think I'm an idiot? A little water. Like a sprinkle. Just something so that it doesn't like flop over when they first set it down before it settles. Like let it, let it hit its mark. Okay. Yeah. Like a, sorry. A moment. So anyway, apparently I feel passionately about this. No, I hear you. (laughs) And that is what the prop bullets are made to do so that we don't feel that passionate about dumb gun scenes. Although ideally this would have been a dumb gun scene that would have been better than the alternative. Correct. So Sarah explains that before lunch, she gets there at 630. Lunch is at 1230. So somewhere in six hours, her and Hannah pull out the guns. Hannah's responsible for loading them. The gun was loaded before lunch and was locked up during lunch. And after lunch, Hannah handed the gun to Alec or Hannah was tasked with giving Alec the gun 
and only Hannah, Sarah, and Sarah's assistant, Nicole, had access to that gun safe. Okay. So they're preloaded with the fake prop bullets, so to speak, still locked in the safe, as they should be, Mm -hmm. unlocked after lunch and given. That's how it's supposed to go. Okay. So according to Sarah... She was having a casual conversation at the time that the shot was actually fired. It was in the afternoon, somewhere between 1 and 2 p.m. on October 21st. So she was outside. She said she recalled only hearing one shot, but wasn't even aware that guns were on the scene yet. She didn't think that they were ready for those yet. Oh, okay. So she was surprised to hear that. But because of the gunshot, she was like, I didn't even think we were supposed to be putting the blanks in there. Like, I thought it was a cold gun. I thought it was totally empty. Oh, okay. Like, just to swing around and practice? Right. So, she said that she started comparing ammo. She went to the dummy bullets, and there was a box of real bullets, and she was shaking them. And when you shake a dummy bullet, it'll rattle, because it has a few different beads of that BB powder in it. Mm -hmm. But a real ammo obviously won't rattle. Right. So she was shaking them and she thought that Hannah might have made a mistake because earlier she saw her shaking two at one time. Oh, okay. You're not supposed to do that because if one rattles, you think they both rattle. And if one isn't rattling, you won't know which one. That makes sense. Yeah. But she was going for it. And she said that when she was ra- like checking these bullets, some of them rattled and some didn't. So she thought there might have been more live ammo in that box. Okay. So, like, the box was mixed? Yeah. Okay. That's what she thought. So, she was obviously pretty stressed. She made sure that the police had the ammo boxes and all of that pretty much as soon as they were on scene. Nicely done. Good. Sarah also stated that she heard Hannah panicking and freaking out. So, she was like, I'm not gonna like end my career over this they were supposed to be dummy bullets like she's hearing all of these snippets that are like obviously the responsibility is hannah's Mm -hmm. and she failed that responsibility whether or not it was intentional or not it doesn't seem intentional but it was failed and Mm -hmm. so she's freaking out and talking with another employee on the set dave halls and Again, she was saying they were supposed to be dummies and later showed Sarah the other cartridges that she took from the gun. So after the gun went off, she got it back because she's the armorer. Right. And she unloaded the gun. So she kept the carts that were in there. The police knew this. Okay. They, I believe, were also turned in eventually. So Sarah didn't know. What Hannah did with the full box of cartridges, though, that she was rattling, that she was checking. But we later find out from the police that those are in evidence. So those are accounted for. But she knew that Hannah knew something was wrong with the ammo, that she had extra ammo, and that she had control of the boxes. Yeah. Sarah mentioned that the ammo comes directly from suppliers, so there should be no worries. But... She also knew that Hannah had brought some props from a previous movie Mm. and that a few of the people, including, I believe, Dave Halls, had some from friends that they were given to use. Well, that's not good. Correct. Uh, I don't don't know. I would trust it. I don't know that I would trust a co-worker's friend who gave me bullets. 
No, not if someone's life could be no altered or ended or anything at all, or even just a scare on the set. That's a no. just a big no. I could trust you with my life. Uh, I will be getting fake bullets from a f- directly from the fake bullet factory. Correct. Ugh. So, anyway, the only other thing that Sarah really said in her interview that was important to note was that there had been a few different misfirings with the gun. She was behind one of them, and really, what it was had come down to the fact that there was some issue, I think, with the hammer on the gun. Mm -hmm. But it was fixed. It seemed easily fixable. They didn't think the gun had misfired. And obviously, even if it had, there was a real bullet in there. So that wasn't really the problem. Okay. But worth noting that there were a few mishaps with it, but apparently they were fixed. So naturally, after that, the detectives decided to go talk to Hannah, who was the armorer, to interview her and get her side of the story. And in this interview, they learned that it wasn't Hannah who handed Alec the gun. It was Dave Halls. Okay. So Hannah was interviewed right after 4 p.m. She recounted her whole day. It started with her getting to work and checking the guns. Hannah didn't load the guns until just before lunch. Then they were locked up during lunch. And after lunch, Sarah handed the gun from the safe to Hannah, who made sure it was loaded and... Got it to Alec. That was her task. Apparently that was through Dave. But Hannah didn't check the gun again after because it had been locked up. So she wasn't like checking all of the bullets. She just wanted to make sure that it was the right one and sent it on its way. Anytime anyone hands you a gun, even if you've just looked at it or seen them check it yourself, Uh the second you have that in your hand, you check it. Uh Uh-huh. That should be common practice. Nope. But of course it wasn't, and it was then handed off to yet another person. No, ma'am. So then she gave it to Dave. Then she says that Dave gave the gun to Alec. Then the incident happened, and she initially went inside to get the weapon, because that's her job. She secures the weapons. But she was told to leave, so she left. And Dave is the one that got the weapon and gave it to Hannah. Okay. So Hannah's outside. They're shooting inside. There was the shot inside. Mm-hmm. She goes in to get it, gets told, get out. She leaves. And then Dave Halls brings her the gun. So Dave sounds problematic here. Dave is an extra hand in the pot that probably should not be in the pot whatsoever. Because he, what's his role again? What's his hat? Do we know? I have no idea. Okay, so he's just, some, he is, he's just a staff member on set. True. He has nothing to do with gun safety or props. I yeah, know that. But he should not be doing, okay. No. Come on, and Dave. She said that she checked the weapon right after. Obviously, she gets it back. She opens it and noted that one of the dummies had been discharged. But then she said, actually, that bullet case looks real. Oh, does it? Oh, does it? Yeah. Sorry. That was not nice. <laughs> so Hannah also stated that even though they are prop guns, again, they are, quote unquote, real fucking guns. And that was a real quote from her interview. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, real fucking guns. It's true. And that they were props because of the rounds. He was like, we talked about. She said she wished she checked it more, but knew when she received it back that it was the same gun. There were some nail scratchings on the bottom. Like it wasn't like someone had swapped out the gun and given him a real like a gun loaded with real bullets. It was the gun they were using. So that's important to note, Mm -hmm. especially because another actor on the same set, I believe, was using the same model gun. Okay. so they wanted to make sure that it was the same one. It was that all checked out investigators then move on to alec 
And we should note here, Hannah was not good. She was obviously not planning any of this. She was hyperventilating so bad that the medical team had to see her. Like, she was not having a good time. But Uh, she did grossly fail at her job. Like, it was gross negligence to not look through that. Especially when your entire job is to be hired to make sure. I was going to say, your role on that set is to do that. So, yeah, not the best. I get it. It's a Western. There's a lot of guns, but also, like, there's a lot of guns. You got to be careful. Well, that's why you have a fucking armorer. Yeah, literally. (laughs) sorry, but damn. So, we're moving on to Alec. Okay. Hi, Alec. Hi. Hey. Uh, Alec stated that he had experienced production being very by the book for weeks. Now... I can't really speak to this because other people said it was very much not by the book. But those people, I think, were more involved in the actual production and set. And Alec was obviously only involved with the guns when he was being handed them. Oh, yeah. Well, that so makes sense. to him, it probably could have been by the book. I don't know. He said that every time he was handed a gun, he was told it was a cold gun, which essentially, again, means it's unloaded. Mm-hmm. It's packing no heat, if you will. Oh, I will. Oh, and when he would get the gun, not only would they tell him that, but they would also tell him what it was filled with if it was filled, whether it was the cosmetic bullets or the dummies or nothing at all. So Alex stated that Hannah disarmed him before lunch, meaning she took the gun, made sure it was all set, locked it up for the lunch, and then rearmed him with a quote unquote cold gun after lunch for their afternoon scenes. Checks out. Alex stated that in this scene, like we were talking about earlier, he dramatically pulls the firearm out and shoots the female in the scene, who was played by Helena Hutchins. When Baldwin performed the shot, the gun went off. Alex said this shouldn't have happened, even, like, at all, as the gun was supposed to be quote-unquote cold, but it wasn't supposed to go off even with a fake cart. At max, that does a little black poof of air that doesn't send a bullet out. Right. There's not going to be any recoil. There's not going to be any kickback. You're not going to feel that. He felt a gun go off. Like, you know the difference. Mm -hmm. And he says the next thing he knows, Helena is lying down, like, going down to the ground, and Joel is screaming. Since it was rehearsal, neither Helena or Joel were standing in their marks. So, even though he dramatically pulled out this gun and performed the fake shoot... Nobody was standing where they were supposed to be, thank God, because that probably would have resulted in more injury. And he ended up hitting Helena through the armpit where the bullet wound then went out of her back out of piercing her lung. And Joel was hit, I believe, in the shoulder, but it might have just been like his side that it grazed. Okay. It was a graze. It's funny because when I when I first heard of this, I thought it was the director that got killed. Not a fellow actor that got killed. Like, I know the director was shot. Director, yeah, injured, but yeah. the actor died. I feel like the initial headline was, like, director killed and yeah. whatever. So, it's just interesting. I'd never heard of this woman before. Yeah, I hadn't either, but she's beautiful. I did look it up. And, and young. Young and just a freaking shame. Like, so needless. This whole thing, I thought, honestly, it would be a great case to cover in between Christmas and New Year's because... This is just a tragedy. Like, nobody here tried to kill anybody. And I know I've been doing some heavy hitters. And I thought one where it was like, see, really bad things can happen with just oversights. Like, you don't have to be a malicious and evil person. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. would probably be a nice break for all of us because we hear about a lot of malicious and evil people on this podcast yeah, who do it all on purpose and but in the same breath it's so sad because it's needless and it was purely negligent there was no reason there wasn't even a personal vendetta no nope, nothing alec has pretty much said ever since then that he has really bad ptsd from this alec said that since the gun was supposed to be cold nobody was wearing protection either so that's the other thing that they do sometimes if they're gonna shoot like a bb round you'll have like not quite a bulletproof vest on, but you'll be a little extra padded, so you're mm-hmm. not going to feel anything. But it wasn't supposed to be a loaded gun, so it's not like anybody was preparing for that. Of course not. Which, of course, meant that, unfortunately, one person died and one was injured because of negligent handling of these bullets. So Alex said that every other day, Hannah took the gun from him, but he couldn't remember who took it from him the day of the incident. This makes sense because he's fucking traumatized and just shot someone on accident. Correct. And it also makes sense that it checks out that Dave was the one that took that. Hannah wasn't in there. You didn't remember handing it to Hannah. That makes sense. Right. She wasn't there. But he also noted that when it wasn't loaded at all, Sarah would take it from him. So when it wasn't loaded, even with dummies, Sarah would handle it because then it's a prop. It's not a firearm with that's loaded. That could hurt someone. Interesting. I think it should always be treated as a firearm and a prop second, but that's just me. Same. What do I know? I would have loved if this was Bitchel Twitchell's little fake gun. Right? But it wasn't. Seriously. Fucking Bitchel Twitchell. Ugh. So he also noted that Hannah was the one handling the firearm anytime there were cosmetic or dummy f- bullets in there. But the day of the incident, Alex said... Hannah handed him the firearm and not Dave, like Hannah had said. Oh, okay. So Hannah said she gave it to Dave. Dave gave it to Alec. Alec says Hannah gave it to Alec. Mm, okay. It's kind of a big inconsistency. With all those fucking cameras there, no one got this? Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. Like with the probably millions of dollars worth of camera equipment. Right. Like they don't just have one rolling. I feel like they would for like security or anything. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So... That is pretty much the important part of this. We're going to talk a little bit about the aftermath and what is happening right now that I will follow up on once that's done. Mm-hmm. But Alec, during this interview, was informed that Helena had passed away at the hospital. So she did not even live through the night. She was, I'm pretty sure, dead on arrival, if not shortly thereafter. That's so awful. Awful. Heartbreaking. I don't know. How do you how do you get on with that? How does anybody in this situation live with themselves, you know? And not because they're awful, horrible people. Just normal people can make one horrid mistake mm-hmm. that ends someone else's life. And it's awful. Like, if I was Alec, I'd be like, what if my aim sucked more? Like, damn, I wish I was worse at shooting. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, there's... It's so important to teach gun safety, even in, like, yeah, prop settings where it's not at all used for like dry fire or anything like that but guns don't just go off no and regardless of whether or not you believe that guns don't kill people people kill people or guns kill people and people like either way there is a gun and a person involved in every firearm incident Mm -hmm. treat every time you like touch a gun like it could be a firearm incident because it could so like (laughs) just be safe be smart yeah, and like I don't know, go to a class, get some training. Yeah, you're allowed to protect yourself, but you know, and I know that's not what this is, but it's like 
if you're going to be handling that regardless movie not movie yeah. whatever if ask go- the armorer to give you a fucking lesson yeah. like they're trained in that you should i don't know if you're going to be handling a fatal weapon of any kind or not of any kind whether a gun or not a gun whatever you want there's a reason that you can't even like make a fire in the woods without having your hair tied back like it's basic safety Mm -hmm. you just need to know how to manipulate the things that you're trying to manipulate like you should wear your seatbelt like you shouldn't drive under the influence like you should you know (laughs) like you hand scissors handle first so you're touching the blade so the other person doesn't end up stabbed like there's a whole bunch of things don't run with scissors and not to say that those aren't important, but scissors aren't going to randomly go off and kill someone from across the room. You should be extra careful if what you're doing can hurt someone even when you're not in contact with them. Mm-hmm. So where do we go from here? Alec has begun the process of suing the armory workers as well as he has lost multiple job offers and income from the incident. So... He is trying to sue, I believe, the producers as well. Okay. Um, I think he is also suing for psychological stress or trauma, which would be more than fair. Again, the PTSD diagnosis from this has to be rough to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I do not know for a fact if he is suing for that. I just know that he has publicly stated the PTSD thing has come from of that. Of course. Now, the family of Helena Hutchins the actress that was killed has sued the movie as well. And they have included Baldwin, um, which I understand the desire. I understand where Mm -hmm. that's coming from. Um, Personally, to me, he does seem like just as much of a victim in this as anybody. You know, he now has to live with the fact that he did that. Mm -hmm. Even unintentionally that his actions caused someone's death and a serious injury. And I think that is, a huge punishment to have to go through as is. But I understand that. I think they're also just suing the producers. And I don't know if he was included in that. He might've been, you know, some people will like direct and produce and star and all of, you know, if you're a big name and you know how to do it, you can usually. So he might be involved in it that way as well. I'm not sure, but they have, finally reached a settlement which included helena hutchins husband will now be executive producing the film oh that it was a very interesting turn of events i did not see that coming they're going to continue making the film yes they actually aren't going to start until january of 2023 but they will okay yeah and so the actor who was killed her husband will produce it yeah he'll be the executive producer wow I know. That's a thing. What a whirlwind. Okay. Yeah. I'd like to comment more on that, but as it's ongoing, I don't think I will. Mm, Yeah. Very odd. Baldwin still states that he is not responsible, though it is looking like he's possibly able to be charged in criminal court for it. It would probably be like manslaughter or depraved heart. I don't think it would fully be depraved heart, but... He could get, like, a very lower homicide charge. That's possible. I feel like he would just get, like, mishandling a weapon. Yeah. Or something. I feel like he would get, like, a... It's not conduct after. Uh, reckless con... No. Um, Yeah. Reckless conduct with a weapon? Reckless conduct. I think reckless conduct can be a felony, and that it has to be with a deadly weapon. Yes, that is right. So, I think... So, it could be that. 
Um, he is so they're looking into it. They don't know for sure yet. The last thing I read said that it was under advisement, which basically just means they're still deciding. But he definitely can be sued civilly for this, and I believe they're going after that in more ways than one. Both the product, like production of the movie, and also him as the perpetrator in this. And I'm sure any profits from the movie and yeah. And the other thing that I did just want to say is in the armory workers that Alec himself is suing. Our friend Sarah, Zachary, the props master, is requesting to be removed. I don't think that's been granted yet. I don't think it's been denied yet. But she has been requested to be relieved from that list of people because that wasn't her job. And she wasn't an armorer. Right. Right. Okay. So I hope that that works for her. I hope she isn't because it sounds like everything she did was what she was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. She could unlock a safe in hand and unloaded gun to someone, but she couldn't touch a loaded gun. Doesn't sound like there are any reports of that happening. Just sounds like the armorer should have been touching it the whole time. That way right. it's not switching hands. Yeah. So seems like a lot of hands in the pot. The only other thing I wanted to follow up on was obviously Joel Souza, who was shot in that shoulder. He has suffered physically and obviously emotional pain. I did read this. I believe this one was in NPR, but this is a direct quote from that article. Just saying that, though by no means comparable, Baldwin must lived with live with the immense grief and the resulting emotional, physical, and financial toll caused by the fact that cross-defendants, meaning the armors, mm-hmm. negligent conduct, assurances, and supervision put a loaded weapon in his hand and led him, Hutchins, and everyone else on set to believe that his directed use of the weapon was safe. There was no intent. It doesn't look like anybody had intent. Yeah, it doesn't sound like anybody intended anything. But I think that it serves as a very good reminder to, again, understand the equipment you're using, no matter what it is. Know what you're using and also... Equipment at your job, a forklift, or whatever. There's certain... Like, when you're handling something or using something or driving something that has the ability to harm you or other people, you need to have a very good understanding and respect for the power that that holds yes and to be intentional with what you're doing with it and that's it like you're right that's the whole lesson of it you need to have respect for what you're handling and i understand alec baldwin's spot he was literally just supposed to be using a prop everybody Mm -hmm. else was supposed to ensure that thing was safe i have anxiety i probably would have tried to check it too i don't know if that's allowed if you're not the armorer i have no idea But I do know that I understand why he would believe that it was safe. Mm -hmm. That being said, everybody else should have been on their shit. Uh, Yes. And I'm curious to see how this plays out. I will obviously do a part two whenever trials end up settling, when we learn more, if they're going to fault anybody for this, if Alec will be held criminally responsible. I will look into it and I will tell you guys all about it, but... I just wanted to throw in one that was maybe a little less intense than the last two I've done. They've been rough and sort of end our time together from me this year with something that didn't make us uh, question humanity a little. Well, then you're not going to like what Thursday's going to (laughs) bring. Well, you can take solace in mind. Yes. (laughs) But that is it. I am so excited to talk to you guys thursday and boy oh boy 
Am I excited for what is coming in 2023? Oh my goodness. We are so very excited. We appreciate you sticking along for the ride with us. Hell yeah. We love that you come hang out with us weekly and that we get to hang out with you, whether you're driving to work, from work, getting ready in the shower, you slut. Mm, or I bet you're naked under those clothes. <laughs> <laughs> or at work, maybe you're grocery shopping. What are you doing? Let us know. Still a slut if you're naked under your clothes. Oh my Just God, saying. seriously. Cover up. It's ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> um, Kidding. Do whatever you want. If you would like to see photos of any of the people, places, things that we're talking about, any of the resources that we put out there, any of the pr- the reprieves that we share, anything like that, you could head on over to our Instagram page. Abby, where might they find that? So if you go to like your little Instagram, you hit the little search button and then in like the bar where it says search, you're going to type in about time for true crime pod with periods in between every word. So that's going to be... <gasps> A-B-O-U-T period, T-I-M-E period, F-O-R period, T-R-U-E period, C-R-I-M-E period, P-O-D because podcast was too long and that breath was just right. But there you go. for longer queries, questions, stories, comments, concerns, you could email us. But Ali, where would they do that? So you would email us at about time, the number four, T-C at gmail.com. So that is a-B-O-U-T-T-I-M-E, numeric four, T-C at gmail.com. And if all of that was just a lot of letters and numbers and random shit thrown at you, baby girl, just scroll down in the show notes. They are it's always right there. there. Do a cute little copy and paste if you must. It's okay. Yeah. That's copy right. and paste is king shit. You got that this. That is all right. We're all about saving time, babe. And if you want to save time... If you love us anyway and you just want to like find a little extra something to keep us in your life more, you could go to Redbubble and search up ATFTC pod and you'll see our little stickers. We would love for you to go check those out. And again, those are linked in our Instagram highlights as well. So you'll certainly be able to see them there. Hell yes. And there's pet collars. There's like literal pet bandanas. With about time for true crime. Like your pod pet could have a podcast bandana. And we would love that for them and for you. And for us. We we want to love on your pet. We want to like give them a constant hug. It's like the closest pet we can give to them. Yeah. And we would uh, just absolutely love to boop their noses and pinch their little cheeks. Yeah. Give them a little kiss right on the snoot. Right in the snoot. Right in the snoot. And hey, um, we still want pictures of your pets. My Seriously. God. We do really like them. We do love them. We gush over them. Please tell us the names you call them, but also the names that like you call them, right? They've got yeah. a name, but then there's the name you call them, okay? Mm-hmm. We would appreciate that. Newton is frequently Mr. Man. I love that. Uh, I also say Monsieur the Chat, which is Mr. the Cat in French. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Mia is just Bean a lot. Yeah. Bean. Bean. And stinky, huh? Yeah, she's a little stinky bean. Well, if you guys didn't hear it, I'm super sorry, but she was talking so much earlier. She had a lot to say tonight. Hopefully it's in here and you guys are like, yeah, we know exactly what you're saying. But if not, I am on a mission to get her stories on. They just recording. deserve to be told. Yeah. Yeah. We love but. that. So please, you know, don't forget to download. Don't forget to tell a friend. Don't forget to repost. Help us spread the word. We appreciate yeah. it more than you know. And if I look at my watch. I, think I believe it, that was. Yeah. About, About time, time for true crime. crime. Bye. Shit. Dude. Bye.